Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, Phil Better, your host, and today we have Megan Bramon, an amazing entrepreneur that I'm really excited to talk to. We were fangirling pretty much a little earlier about clients and that. <laughs> um, so I'm going to throw it to Megan. Megan, please give us a quick introduction about uh, to my audience. Well, I'm first so thrilled to be here. So thank you for having me. Um, oh, I am a five-time award-winning advanced digital marketing strategist, which is always really hard for me to say. <laughs> um, and uh, my main claim to fame is that I help entrepreneurs develop value-based marketing initiatives that create ride or die fans for life. So that's my nerdy stuff. That's what I love to do. That, that is, that is insane um, that you find ride <laughs> to die. I love how you're just like, you know, I'm going to take this really apparently aggressive term. I'm going to turn it into a, <laughs> something business wise. And people are like, yeah, I, I, I really dig that. That is what the kids are saying. Hey. Um, and, you, and you know, the funny part is like, you get it, right? Once I say ride or die, you, even if you don't like a hundred percent know what that is, you can pretty much guess what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. These are the people that will defend you in battle until the day is, right. the day is done. Um, how did you fall into this? Like, w w were you always oh. an entrepreneur or was it just a random occurrence that happened? And you're like, I'm just going to follow this. Well, how did you, how did Megan become the entrepreneur? The five-time uh, uh, award-winning uh, digital marketer working multi-billion-dollar conglomerates. Th those are her own <laughs> words, by the way. They're in the bio right here. <laughs> I am not goosing her up. That is what she said. <laughs> God, you're calling me out already. Uh, so I would say that uh, my entrepreneurial journey started because I suck at working in offices. I am not very good at corporate culture whatsoever. And so um, I, it, it just works out that I need to be on my own and run my own gig. So um, my first company was back in college, uh, I had started a soap and candle manufacturing company or home fragrance, if you want to be fancy. And um, it was just me. It was just me doing everything. I did the packaging, I did the marketing, the customer service, the booking, the finances, you know, like everything because I was too afraid to give up, to give up control of anything. You know, I didn't, I didn't want anybody to come in and just see the mess of, a, of an operation I had running. And um, it was really cool that it garnered all these cool awards, like my name got in the New York Times because of it, all this really awesome stuff. It was an industry darling. But because of all of that, that I wouldn't give up control and I wouldn't let anybody in, I burned out. And I had to make this decision of like, what do I want to be when I grow up? And this company that I had created had turned from, you know, this awesome dream industry darling company into a job I hated. I hated to go to my studio every day. I just, my husband told me I was seemed really angry all the time and sad. And so um, I decided to walk away from it and I could have sold it, but it was like a bad breakup. You know, you just, I just wanted to be gone. I wanted to start over again Clean and break, get rid of it. Exactly. Yeah. I remember actually the day that 
I left my studio, it was, you know, my lease was up and I had this small ass studio cause it was Brooklyn, but <laughs> I was like, Oh, I, I should probably turn around and like give like one parting glance or something, you know, like, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, the movie said it, I should do it as well. Right. They're like, Oh, just like look back and think. And I felt nothing until I left the building and I had to walk to the subway. And if I hadn't been so clumsy, I would have skipped the whole way because I it was just, there was such an elation and such a weight off my shoulders. But after that, you know, I had to figure out, all right, what comes next? And I realized that what I was really good at and what I love to talk about a lot was marketing. When I was, you know, running this business and I had other colleagues, we would always talk about marketing. And that just became something that really lit me up and made me realize that like, if I cornered you at a cocktail party, this is what I would talk to you about until you were like, please let me go. I really have to pee. So it was just, it's creepy ladies it talking to me more help. Just like, Oh God, we're like, so you're trying to give like the signal to your friend or whatever, like, please come rescue me. And I'm like, no, let's talk about social media. So <laughs> I realized that this was something that I love to do. I, and this is such a standard trope, I guess, but I was doing it for free mm -hmm. anyways. So why not monetize this and why not actually turn this into a professional career? And so that's how I started doing this. I started talking to entrepreneurs who were in the product-based space because that's what I came to know or that's where I came up. And then it sort of transitioned over into like more of a mixed bag where I do both product and service-based industries. Although it seems to be moving towards service-based more now. So that is my very long story into how I became this person. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. Cause it's, it's interesting. It's, it, you went from, you know, creating this, your first business, your first child, you know, and mm -hmm. then, or your first love. And then you're like, okay, we need to break up because we're going to kill each other. And <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I like living, you know, and then you, but you, from that, from the ashes, from the breakup, you, you, you found you discovered a new p passion where it was like, mm -hmm. yeah, I like making things, but I love helping those creative people. I love being the, business side to or an extra arm to the creative person and handle something that they don't have to handle 500 percent, yeah definitely that is that is perfect way to put it that's uh i love how every entrepreneur i've interviewed and i'm close to 70 now um going to hit that goal of 102 by the end of the year i swear it i'll do it you can uh, do it you can uh, do this they're they're all they all have this kind of major epiphany from a, a major I could look at it as a failure or a detour because um, that's what you call it. You don't call failures uh, aren't roadblocks, they're detours. I love that uh, saying. Um, they have this major moment in their life, either a personal burnout, a near burnout with business or something, and they all then rediscover a new passion that they didn't know was there before. And that keeps them going and jumping to the next challenge. So I love how you're, you're just sharing that as well. And Looking forward to where it's going from there. Um, but I want to discuss you. Uh, you spent a lot of money on a failure. You didn't get much uh, return, but you did mark it as uh, that being your, your first failure. And could you just expand on what you meant by that? So um, I think that's the trade show, right? That's yeah. the one I was. Okay. Uh, so when I was running this company, uh, the soap and candle company, 
I started going into industry trade shows and that's where like you go, it's invite only, you have to like show your credentials and blah, blah, blah. And this is where like Whole Foods or um, Sephora or things, they'll go to find brands and place orders with. So consequently, it is not cheap, right? It is back when I first started doing it, it was actually pretty reasonable. It was like 5,000 for a booth at this trade show. Okay. Now I think it's, it's probably like 20 or something now, at least for like a 10 by 10 space. Um, and, but 5,000 was a lot for me. You know, I was terrified of this and it just became this thing. Like, I want to do this. This is, I feel like this is just like the next step for me. This is my next, this takes me to the next level. And I got there, you know, I had this cute little booth set up very DIY, especially compared to like the 20, 30 foot booths <laughs> that have like walls and, you know, <laughs> lights and things and i'm like here's my soap <laughs> buy my beautiful um, artisan soap it's amazing and feels right, great on your please, skin please. Yeah. and it it ended up bombing i didn't make any sales there i didn't sign any accounts i wasted about 20 grand total throughout that and i came home the first night and i cried i just like i was like this is such a resounding um punch in my face <laughs> like, i i am just uh, this this person who i thought i was it is not showing to be the case and at the end of those the three or four days like i said i ended up with no orders at the time i actually did get a couple afterwards but what i realized after like figuring out how i was going to pay my american express bill was <laughs> I need, to, I need to rethink the way that I run my business. And, you know, we talked before about like, I was bad at it as is, but <laughs> rethink the way that I run my business and the way that I talk to myself, because I had sort of done this, you know, snake eating its own tail of, well, I'm bad at sales. So I'm, it, it's just going to be a mess. And I, it, was a mess because I'm bad at sales, but I'm bad at sales, so it's a mess. And so it became this, you know, like self-perpetuating cycle of throwing all of this money away and throwing all of these opportunities away because I was setting myself up for failure by not talking to myself correctly and not seeing my business as this entity that while it is my child, it is still something that is not directly connected to me and so the failure then was you know i took it personally when i should have instead seen it this as okay this is the signal that this business that i'm running has to either be run differently or i have to find different opportunities and so while that you know tens of thousands of dollars in debt that I accrued because of it, it actually ended up saving me a lot of money throughout the rest of my business because I realized that I, I need to figure out where I fit in and I need to stop trying to be what other people, what I think other people who are successful are doing and instead find where I fit in and rock the hell out of that. You know what I mean? No, I, I fully, fully agree. And that's, it goes back to uh, your mission of the ride or die, the 10,000 yeah. ride or die fans. Like you don't need a million fans. You don't need a billion fans. You don't have to be 
in the top ten percent, you can survive and be great even in the top with the rest of the ninety nine percent because you just need that ten thousand. If they're paying you a dollar a month, all ten thousand, you have a ten thousand dollar month. So right? it, is, it yeah. is possible. It's just finding finding your crew, finding your tribe. And I think also just trying to it's difficult. I think it's really difficult to have that confidence to say that I see all these other people doing this and from what they're showing, it looks very successful, but one, I'm not actually seeing their whole picture. And two, just because it's successful for them doesn't mean it's going to be successful for me. And I have to, instead, instead of doing like me too, I can do this thing too. I have to say, this is who I am and this is who I'm going to help. And that is, I'm, in my experience, that's where the success is. I love it. It's a great you know, focus on yourself and find people who are like-minded that want to see you succeed and everybody's going to be going up. I love it. Um, let me just see here. Ooh, yes. Um, so after your somewhat, I would say, I would say your, your soap and artisan and artisan soap and uh, candle was a success even though it uh, it tapered off, you you learned a lot from there. What Definitely. was the, you, what was the next success? Like, what was that? What was the best lesson learned from a success? Like, what's next? What's going on? What kind of lessons did you learn? I think just you know what we talked about before of just the um, I have to learn where my where I fit in and where my business goals fit in, and from there it became way less of a challenge to figure out what transformation I can cause for people and how I can help people. Because once I started to realize that like, I, I'm not going to be this entrepreneur, I'm not going to be running this type of business, I'm going to instead go this go this other way and see how that goes. But I'm much more comfortable going this other way, because it just it feels more organic. And I think that when I started to embrace that instead of the chasing the popular, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, chasing the popular route. And if, when I instead decided to go my own way and it just, it flows better. I feel, do you, do you find I, that too? Yeah, no, I, I, I feel that for, for me, when I look at it, like having been told my whole life, you have to, this is your life. I, I talk about it in my first episode, which is really funny. It was, I randomly clicked on that part of the episode and it just popped up universe trying to tell us <laughs> things, you know, but it was my whole idea for success was you have to work the nine to five then you come home, mm -hmm. you know, you have your wife or your partner and then, you know, then you have your kids and you have your house and that was success. And it was like, I, I ended up doing it and, had my burnout in tw uh, 2020, you know, and then that, then at the end of 2020, I launched uh, this podcast and all of a sudden, you know, I'm now six months, pretty much six months later, a freelancer running my own business, having amazing clients and that. So it's like, it's really weird, like going, you saying, no, that's not the nine to five. The regular path to success is not mine. I want to go down the double diamond and see what happens. Right. <laughs> Being Canadian or, or even that like exact or even like not even I want to go down there. Like that's just 
that's just the route that I, it has to go. Like it I am just fun. compelled I, I, to go that yeah, way. Yeah, like there's something pulling me that way, that sense of adventure, right. if you will, because there ain't no way I'm going up to, you know, the woodlands with just an ax and building myself a cabin. <laughs> I, that, that's not happening. I'm a soft city boy um, and I'm proud of it. So my sense of adventure is like, you know what? I know I have the skills to get a job in the nine to five world. I've done it for nearly tw- like nearly two decades. I'm I'm pretty mm-hmm. confident. Let's try this, you know, double diamond by myself and see if I can, you know, sink or swim. And so far I'm swimming. It's not fast, but it's swimming. So, but it's great. <laughs> by the way, isn't it crazy if you look back on your life and you realize you now have decades of experience doing something? Anytime I have to like, look at my LinkedIn profile or something like that and see that, oh, I've been doing this a really long time. It just messes with my head. I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm an adult? What's happening? I don't understand. Yeah, it, it was like, where was that period of where I saw my parents and when did I turn into <laughs> that? And what happened? I was 10 a minute ago. Um, also, oh, should I have to do this by myself? Yeah. Um, <laughs> wait, there is no help. Uh, there's no pause. <laughs> like the, the free trial is ended. Uh, oh god. That's how I look at. Like I look at life because our generation we're we're probably in the same decade of age, um, and I don't want to old and make myself feel older than I already am, but. I look at like people are already growing, living past a hundred, like hearing someone live past a hundred, it's like, oh, it's nothing, you know, it's, it's commonplace. It's like when they hit 120, we're like, yeah, okay, let's go. You know, <laughs> you're like, okay, I have a new, new goal to hit too. And then you get the 130, right. you're like, okay. But I have a feeling like there is a good roll of the dice that I, there, I can make it to a hundred with technology and mm-hmm. health services, uh, barring another COVID event, you know. There is a good chance, you know? So I'm looking at my life. I'm like, if I, a hundred broken up into four parts, you know, it's it's 25 years. I'm in my second period of life, you know? Like, I got two more periods of life to go. And people are like, well, what what about kids? I'm like, I can adopt. Like, there are enough children needing adoption, you know? I would... For sure. Like, I have my nephew. He's amazing. So, like, I know I can say my bloodline will continue. Um... (laughs) But with so games of Game of Thrones, isn't it? Uh, like the bloodline must continue. Yeah, the blood. Like, but that's like because everybody's going back to the tribal like lands Mm -hmm. because society hasn't really evolved past that or something. But but I look at it, I'm like, I I can help other people. Like, if I help someone, that's technically my child, you know. So I'm like, I'm fine with that. Like, I've influenced another person who will then influence another generation. So. Yeah, it's, I, I look at well, that's like, such a cool way to think of it. That is a really cool, that's very, yeah, I like that. Because it's like, I'm, I'm still in my second period. I still got, you know, another couple of like 15 minutes, if you will, left to, to, to play or however long. Math is not my strong suit. Uh, that's why I, <laughs> that's why I podcast and I talk. Um, that's right. That's the skill. But so, yeah, so I look at it like this is I for the first half of the first period of my life, I did what everybody said I had to do and didn't really mm-hmm. work out. So let's try it. If it fails, well, I can always go back and there's the rest of my life to, to go for it. So, but yeah, it's super exciting. But enough about me and doing my f- philosophical poetics. Um, We're now the invest in yourself and sociology. Yeah, sociology. (laughs) Well, it's hard because I did study sociology 
in I did too. And so it, it forces me to look at an anthropology. So it's, you know, I'm looking at the past and society. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a coming place because a lot of people are like, I don't know how to go. And so I'm going to get a sociology degree because everybody gets a sociology <laughs> degree. And then it's like, well, sociology degree is kind of useless. But now we're seeing that, no, yeah. it's, it's, it's impacting business because we're looking at it as a, like how it affects society. Um, yeah. So I, I think that is really crazy because the business people already made the systems in place, how to make money online are like, you put that on and there's a dozen different ways, you know, build your own marketing for your business and all that. So mm-hmm. now the, the people who are creatives or who didn't fit the, the regular mold, who went to the sociologists, if you will, <laughs> who uh, <laughs> got decades of skills in these other businessy worlds and were able to make them their own are now like, well, now I can influence business. <laughs> right? <laughs> now I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah, like you used to make fun of me, but now I'm an entrepreneur and you want to learn from me. Aha. Um, yeah, it's the revenge of the nerds, pretty much. That's what's going on, I think. For sure. <laughs> um, you never know what you're going to get on the Invest in Yourself, the Digital right. Entrepreneur Podcast. It, <laughs> We go all over the place, but we have fun and it's a learning environment because your your minds are expanding. Um, I do want to kind of get back on track with your with your yeah. story. And how did you become a five time? Like that is like a five time award winning advanced digital marketing strategist. Like that is insane. Like I'm I've won my first podcast award and it's I, I wasn't aware that I was a you know, nominated for. And then I got the email from the person saying, Hey, you've been nominated. And I just found out that I'm nominated for a second one. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. But how did you become a five, like a five time, like advanced digital market? That's a little like huge compared to, you know, you want a snobby award. (laughs) I don't, I don't think that's true at all. I think that that win all the snobby awards, live it up. Um, (laughs) So my first industry awards happened when I was running my first company and um, I had, I have clear glass awards from them that you can't see, of course, and I'm just terrified I'll break them always, but they exist. And for a long time, I was very um, reductive about my awards and my accomplishments. I was like, oh, well, you know, there's always these little asterisks next to them or something. And then I realized that all of the things that I've done that have been celebrated by someone else are because they were cool. And it was because of my efforts to get that cool thing out in the world. So I'm going to talk to everybody about industry awards and it doesn't really matter what it's like your, my sociology degree. It doesn't really matter what the, the award or the degree is. What matters is that you got it. So my first awards were in my soap and skincare company. They were industry awards and it was um, most innovative use of materials and best new product in the organic category. So I was up against like giant, giant companies like, uh, I don't know, Crabtree and Evelyn or, you know, Bath and Body Works and things like that. And again, it's just me in this little 10 by 10 space. So I think that, how I was able to beat all of these companies is because I realized that at the end of the day, yeah, I did use a lot of cool materials and a lot of really interesting ingredients that had really good smelling soap, but 
I was able to tell the story behind it and I was able to make that connection with people. And I think that that is how I started getting all of these awards, not only for that company, but for doing just straight marketing. You know, I, I learned that rather than being intimidated by marketing jargon or, you know, KPIs or things like that, all I really need to worry about is can I have a conversation with you through my marketing copy that makes you feel connected to my story? If I can do that, then I am more successful than these companies that have marketing departments and that they there's no connection. I mean, there is, but there isn't like the... With the corporations, you don't have that human connection any, anymore. Yeah, exactly. Whereas with, when you're supporting a small business, you know like that $5 in uh, a bit more you're paying isn't going to a new yacht. It's going to possibly, you know, hiring a new employee to handle something. Yeah, agreed. And I also think that I came up in a really good part of the economy, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, for the type of business that I wanted to run where people started to buy from people and people wanted to know what this company stands for, what are your values? Like that became more important to them than what does this smell like? Mm -hmm. And I think that my ability to win awards in all of my companies has been because I have been able to just understand that at the end of the day, the marketing is about making sure that there's a human connection there, like you said, and making sure that the story can be conveyed. As long as I can do that, I can beat anybody. You know what I mean? And so that's why I think that awards are cool. But at the end of the day, like anybody can do this. All they have to do is just realize you're just talking to somebody. You just have to talk to somebody and make them understand through emotions what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Oh, I like it. And it, it's, it resonates with something that I, I say personally when I'm talking with people like, you, there are 7 billion people in the world. If you have seven people in the wor in a room, you represent at least 1 billion people, either in oh, I love that. ideology, either in, you know, basic skin color or, you know, like I look like at least 1 billion or like there's similarities to me of 1 billion similar to you, you know? So there's like infinite number of combinations. You can break that down to mathematically, but so you can find your tribe. If there's a billion people like you, then there's obviously at least going down to 10,000 ride or die people that will support you out of that billion right. people. And you don't need the billion people. You, you've you proven that with 10,000 ride or die fans, you can make a huge business. Oh God, I wouldn't want the 1 billion people. That would be so <laughs> exhausting. <laughs> At that point, I'm having a team and the human connection yes, is gone. Exactly. If God, I'm sorry. There's no human connection anymore. No, um, no. You you're just like YouTube. you're like Tony Robbins. Then yeah. you know you're just the brand. Yeah. Yeah, I'm no longer a human. I am a brand. Um, right. Billion people. That's insane. I'll be happy with ten, ten thousand people. Yes. Maybe a yes. hundred thousand. I could survive a hundred thousand. It's like okay, a hundred thousand. Okay. Like All that's right. a comfortable, like right now. But when I hit a hundred thousand, I'm like, yeah, I can go for a million. Yeah, <laughs> trying to be all that. Um, let it ride. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, ride or die. Um, but let let's say someone's starting, starting to build the ride or die family, uh, or mm -hmm. tribe, or whatever they're they're calling it. Uh, 
what are some of the first steps they should do? Oh, wow. What a good question. Um, I think that what you have to realize when you're trying to start a business and a uh, quick plug, I wrote about this all in my book, day one, a practical guide to launching your new business. But so, which, which is great because I did want to segue into you being an author as well and yes! showing the multiple <laughs> facets of entrepreneurship. So thank you for plugging yourself on the book and reminding me. We just teased long. it. Yeah, we just teased it. <laughs> so uh, what you have to do is think about the transformation that you are giving people. And I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs take transformation to be a really big word. Like it means a lot of to physically transform something and like have a metamorphosis into this butterfly. And it doesn't have to be that big. If you're making toothbrushes, your transformation is that people's breath is much better because of you. Like it doesn't have to be this sort of like life-changing huge event, like make it the most basic thing that your thing, your product, your service solves and lean into that hard. That's what your advantage is. And granted, there's a lot of toothbrush makers out there, right? So if you're in a lot of competition, but if you can tell your story about why you wanted to make toothbrushes. I don't know why I picked toothbrushes, but that's just what we're going <laughs> I like it. Now. No, what's funny is it because it, when you're saying toothbrushes, I automatically think of shaving because that's a morning routine I mm -hmm. used to do. You know, you, you brush your teeth, you shave, or you shave and you brush your teeth. And then I think of Dollar Shave Club and those companies creating this, like hearing them on a podcast and like they weren't doing regular media. They're only now, you know, doing more right. larger things. And then I think of also of uh, Viking beard because, you know, got, got to take care of mm -hmm. the proper beard. And it's like toothbrush. I'm like, there hasn't been innovation in toothbrushes in years. Not since the Crest, you know, <laughs> multi-cam in this early 1990s. There's, But there hasn't been a change. Like it's like Crest, Oral-B, and like the dollar store, if you will, or, you know. Right. But I like it because right. like, I'm pretty sure anybody comes in with a new innovative you know, toothbrush that looks cool and has a great story. Like it's a billion dollar industry killer right there. Right. And like you were saying to your point, the when you said that it reminded me of Harry's, the company that I think they're shaving company. Yeah, they're shaving just they're, like Dollar Shave Club Harry's. Yeah. And their story is so compelling because it's just two dudes in the commercials talking about how much they hated other razors or how expensive it was for the razors. That's their story. And that's their brand loyalty. And that's all you have to do too. All you have to do is figure out what it is that is uh, the catalyst for why you started this. Why did you want to make toothbrushes? What does your toothbrush do? And then combine that and just talk to people. And that's it. Like just talk to people through your marketing, have a conversational tone, be, you know, be Megan of this company. Don't be this company. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It's like show them that the company is actually not a multi-billion dollar like machine. It's a one or two people. Right. There's a there's a buddies just starting off, and they're they're looking to hope one day, you know, to have that, you know, ten thousand a, a dollar a month, you know, lifestyle where they don't have to worry about the bills and all that. Yeah. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs also, they'll get really caught up in like key performance indicators or data points or things like that. And they'll talk themselves out of 
running the business the way they want to run it, or they just sort of get intimidated by all of the steps that they feel have to go into beginning a business when all it really is, is just figuring out what is the thing that you are going to cause to happen for your customers and how can you convey that? Once you get that into place, all the other stuff comes along later. But if you can't tell people why they should buy from you as opposed to Colgate, then you're not like, it's a non-starter. Great practical advice. And uh, really it kind of goes into the, the lesson that you want to leave with the impact. Like if you can't distinguish yourself from Colgate or Oral-B or any of these big people, like why should we buy from you? So thank you for answering right. the question before I even asked it. That's amazing. <laughs> Saving me time over here. Um, That's my job. <laughs> there we go. Um, what is your ultimate goal? So if I have to skip the lesson, <sighs> what would be your ultimate goal? Like we snap the finger, you know, period three, you know, is coming to a close, you know, you're about to hit retirement. You're like, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm satisfied with whatever I've done. What is it you've done? Oh man. Um, it's, that's such a difficult question to answer because marketing changes so often. And so when I think of like, you know, what is my five-year plan? What is my 10-year plan? I'm terrible because I don't have one. I think that what, if I could reach retirement, which if I can actually get re to retirement, that would be amazing because I'm a millennial and who knows, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> um, if I could reach retirement and have a sense of contentedness of the things that I've done and the, the catalyst that I have been for other people, I think that that would just be really cool. And so the, the, the nitty gritty part of it of just like, you know, I want to make this much money or I want to have this kind of business or I want to, you know, be like, I don't know, the, the YouTube guru of something that, that kind of stuff doesn't really matter to me as much. And I know that sounds so Miss America E or something like that, but <laughs> it, it doesn't matter to me as much as feeling like whatever I have done in my life has helped somebody else achieve what they wanted to. Like you were saying with the kid situation and things, I don't have kids either. And I feel like if I can instead in inflict. Wow. In the <laughs> we're going, we're going a little dark here. I didn't know we're going down that route. Oh um, maybe, if uh, I can inflict change. On inflict, I'm going to make sure there's change. Okay, Megan. Um, you're going to change. You're going to change. Gonna, like, yeah. you know, if I, Personal trainer, Arnold Schwarzenegger style here. Okay. <laughs> I'll pump you up even if you don't want to get pumped. Okay. That's right. That's right. I'm going to kick, you're going to go kicking and screaming on that treadmill. All I want to do is just make sure that my spot in this world has been, has caused a ripple effect. And if I can look back on all of my work and whatever that work is, if it's, you know, just teaching people how to use Instagram, or if it's, you know, something bigger than that, if I can have a ripple effect that I can actually look back and see that I have done, then that's cool. That's all I really want. And like, I know that sounds Miss America-y, but uh, 
it's just it is what it is well no it kind of goes back to something you said at the beginning and this is uh, an amazing callback that i even remembered because i have a horrible memory but you, you <laughs> mentioned yeah I, i'm sorry I, I i do i say these jokes when you, people take drinks and they have spit takes and we don't want that um but you you mentioned like you car you you entrepreneurs aren't don't have to be caterpillars you know you don't expect this big transformation yeah. however you can still have that butterfly effect you know that ripple effect because you can help someone mm -hmm. else change into this amazing butterfly for some something something you did to help them grow like you that can be your magnificent butterfly transformation you know it could be yeah you go mm -hmm. from you know a little butterfly to uh, a little larger butterfly but then someone else through your right. teaching and your inspiration goes to become like the mega butterfly, if you will. So no, I, I right. love that. I love how your ultimate goal is just to see other people reach their ultimate goal, you know, just them be bigger and better than the success they want. I love that. I love that helping. Yeah. And I think that selfishly, that gives me a little bit of a, a win too, because like, I, I can kind of live vicariously through all of these different people who I help. And so that's, that's a little win you get for to me celebrate too. more wins than just your own, you know, it's not like, exactly. Okay, guys, it's it's like yeah my I, I was telling Megan a little earlier and it, it's already been announced it's going to be announced but one of my clients is sponsoring season three so that's a huge huge thing for me but another huge win that one of my clients that I help podcast also got a sponsor for his podcast so it's even better for like it's a double sponsorship win because it feels like oh my my method helped him get one so that's yeah. technically I got two sponsors holy moly you know yeah. So that's get, that's the feeling that's what that is that's that's what i want to be when i grow up i guess i like that how you said when you grow up as if we're, <laughs> any I, day now yeah, any, any day, day any oh i'm grown up i'm an adult now this is what it's that's like right. you know oh i like you know potted plants and you know that granite countertop except all of my clothes are kind of billowy and linen and you know it's all like it's all what mom wore that's what an adult <laughs> did. That's what an adult did. That's what mom was an adult. Mom had no idea what she was doing, no, uh, like everybody no. else in, in life. Um, but Megan, you mentioned you have a book, and I want to talk to you yes. about your book and where we can find your book, and then we'll finish with one of the last questions here. So tell us a bit, a bit about your book. What's what it's called? Why did you write your book and all that fun jazz? So my book is called Day One: A Practical Guide to Launching Your New Business, and the reason that I uh, the reason that I picked it, that title specifically, is because I heard so many people throughout my career say, oh, I'd love to do that one day, or one day I'd really love to be this person. Or, and so my the picture or the cover of my book is one day, and it's written in kind of like handwritten font, and it's crossed out. And it, said, it says day one. So I want people to stop feeling intimidated by the one day I'd love to do this. I want them to get the, to their day one. And so that's what this is all about. It's not a lot of fluff. It's very, it's probably very compact for a book. It's only like 130 some pages or something like that. But it was because I didn't want to over uh, overcrowd the message. I wanted the message just to be really simple and be actionable. I wanted every part of my book to give you something specific to walk away with and go do. And so that was the whole premise for writing the book. Now, as for like why I wrote it, I wrote it 
mostly because it was in my head and I felt like I had to. Um, it I was, get that feeling. It I was just ca- finished my yeah. first book as well. And it's like, I need, uh, apart from people saying, you should really write this out. I was like, I need to get all this knowledge out because uh, I'll forget it and then I'll never be able to use it again. Well, and did you feel like when you knew that you had to write a book, did you feel like it was sort of like a dam in your head? Like for me, it felt like I can't move on and do all the other stuff that I want to do until I get this book written because it it's like you said, like I have all this information. It has to get out and I can't stop. Um, I can't avoid it. Like yeah. if I want to move forward, I have to get this out into the world and then I can go do all the other stuff. But I want this book to exist because I know that it will help people. And then once I can do that, then all the other stuff can happen. Did you feel that way too? Yes. So my, Did you? my, so I get these every time I have a client and I'm like, okay, this is, what do you need help with? And they're like, I don't know how to do this. Like, let's say it's be a host mm-hmm. for a podcast since I do podcast mm-hmm. production. So it's like, okay, uh, let's work on that. Like, and then I have to sit down and like my whole life then is like, how do you be a podcast host? Like I've done it for so long for over 200 episodes, you know? So it's like, and that's all that's in my head. And so I can't sleep until I get at least, you know, like seven points down. Cause I do, I'm like a top seven list. That's the easiest thing. And so I just write Mm -hmm. out bullet points and then, you know, you get your two extras cause you're, 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 it's never seven. It's always, you know, nine to 10 actual points in a book. Oh, I got three bonuses because, you know, I want to make you special. And it's like, that's I just... right. Or just like, as I was writing this, these other three bonuses came to me and you, these are so essential. You need to know them too. So yeah. let's keep going. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, cool. That's done. And now it's like, okay, every once in a while I can, I know what I have to write on and I can build out on right. that. But then it's like another client comes out and then it's like, yeah, I have this. And it's like, no, I just, and then everything <laughs> stops and it's like, okay, now I have to, you know, figure out how I'm going to get this written and get this person this, this and that. And it's like, okay, so I have a hundred books just coming out of the wazoo now. And it's like, yeah, I know. I know. I get that too. I get such uh, shiny object syndrome, you know, of just like, oh, that's a cool idea. I'm going to help do that. And I'm going to do, and then all of a sudden I have like 30 half books that have even come. They're all like little postcards. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Google Drives is, what a, you gonna is, do? is amazing for that. Oh, God. I was just thinking yesterday, like, what happens when I run out of Google Drive space? I, I and then I'll have second... to start making, like, Sophie's choices about, oh, God. No, no, no. I just, I, I'll just buy another Google Drive at that point. I'll just, good call. I'll, I'll just that's, get another yeah. business on another Google Drive. <laughs> Simple like that. <laughs> that's how we do it. Because um, I'm not losing anything. I'm a, I'm a digital pack rack. Because it's like Mary yeah. Cuomo made us minimalist in our house. And now it's like, no, yeah. don't take away. I need something to be pack ratted it away. And it's so cheap now. My, it doesn't my, actually take space. My Dropbox hoard brings me joy. So that's all that really matters. <laughs> so let me have some pleasures in life. Um, <laughs> I have no more pants. I got rid of my pants. So right? let me just have this. I'm only one pair of pants now. Uh, okay, we're coming to the end, uh, but this has been an amazing uh, episode, and I, I really ha- enjoyed speaking with you, Megan. Um, oh, another fellow podcaster, entrepreneur, you know, just one of the different tribes in the world that are working together to make other people better, so I love that. Um, 
I, I'm a voracious book eater. I love reading. It's one of the few pleasures I have in life that uh, is, is, is a healthy uh, vice of mine, if you will. Um, and I would like to know, do you have a book that you usually recommend to entrepreneurs or people who want to start becoming an entrepreneur? A book maybe that you were like, you know what, I got a lot of good lessons and it's my reread all the time because it teaches me something. I think that the first one that comes to my head is The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. I read that right out of college when I was trying to figure out um, what I was going to do with my life. And I think that it's become kind of controversial, which um, I don't really know. I don't know a ton about like the controversy of it lately. But the reason that I love it so much and that I recommend it to people is that it gives you permission to not do it all and instead encourages you to think about how you can work your way out of things. You know, I, and I, I think that you probably agree with this too. Like a couple of years, there was the hustle culture where it was just like, if you're not working, you suck. And <laughs> yeah, if you're not doing yeah. your nine to five and then, you know, doing another 40 hours of hustling to grow your right. side hustle, then you're, you're worthless and you're, you're not a true entrepreneur. Exactly. And like Gary V for all like the good he does and jab, 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 right hook was a great book, but that toxic culture of just you work now so that you don't have to work later was just unfair. It was unfair to new entrepreneurs. And I feel like it just put people in a really bad space. So instead, why I love the four hour work week is that it has this permission of, you are allowed to have other people help you and you are allowed to take breaks. recognize. Yes. And to recognize that taking breaks is not failure or taking breaks is not a negative. It's actually a catalyst that can help you expand your business because you get, you know, you get perspective and you get out of it. So that's, what I really love for our work week. And that's why like I have the first edition around here somewhere and never get rid of it. And all of my, you know, Spark Joy, um, Marie Kudo. I will never get rid of that book. I love that book, and I always recommend it to people. Uh, funny enough, actually, I uh, I went to pick up that specific book because uh, it's this is a new segment I've started for season four, and I'm going to continue because it's it's so genius. I went to pick up the four hour four hour work week, and the bookstore didn't have it, and but beside it mm. was Tools of the Titan, his newest book. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what, I'll pick up Tools of the Titan. I picked it up and I started reading it. And it's not a conventional A to Z book. It's you skip around mm -hmm. because it's it's like just a textbook kind of. It's different lessons. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. It's beautiful. It's sitting on my my nightstand, actually, because it's one of my books. I read the 30 minutes, you know, that uh, he nice. they talk about like of detoxing from your from cell phones and all that. But I recently mm -hmm. picked up the four hour work week and I'm like, Wow, I've noticed a lot of his his uh, mental things he talks about being always busy between the nine to five, toxic like creating negativity, and it's like no, you can you can work an hour here, take twenty minutes here, thirty minutes there, then go back to work or start something else. It's fine as long as the work gets done, you're right. good. And there's another cool part of it too, where um, he talks a lot about just how he would kind of use the rules and turn them on their head for different things. You know, when he was um, like some sort of martial arts 
um, yes, when he tournament. Won, won the uh, a kick, the kickboxing, I believe it was. Yeah, and it was and just he, because he, he won it because of a technicality. Yeah, and I love that. I love that idea of you can go the path, the traditional path, if you want, but if you can just kind of turn it on its head a little bit. You can find this in that just like it just makes it so much easier. You just go so much faster. And so yeah, he's he's probably my my nerdy guru oh, business no. crush. <laughs> I, I I love both both of them now and I'm listening into the more four hour work week. I was Gary mm-hmm. V hustle, hustle, hustle. Because yeah. I do believe that hustling when you need to hustle like if you have an opportunity you jump on it you grind that until like it's locked in but then you can take a break like you don't have to jump to the next success like rest a little relax enjoy that you know you know like two two three days of glow that you locked in this major account or celebrate this major uh event and then, you know, you can jump into the hustle again, like, or start slow. Right. Like you can incorporate different lifestyles and grow how you want to, as long as you're happy. Like you're, you're wearing, as an entrepreneur, you're wearing like 18 different hats until you have enough money to hire the people. So. I think also that people um, fail to recognize that celebrating those wins and taking time off to get perspective on them. Like that's why most of us start our businesses. That's why most of us become entrepreneurs is for these wins. And so you have to give that win the space it deserves. Yeah. Fully agree. And it's a great place to end off. Uh, before we do end the full episode, I'm going to jump off screen here. I'm going to give you, Megan, the full screen to let my audience know where they can. I say full screen. You're, no one's going to see this, but I'm going to jump off and let you <sighs> have the mic. Uh, let my audience know where they can find you, uh, how they can get in contact, where they can get your book. Of course, all of it will be in the show notes, but if they're right now listening and want to find it, uh, here we go. Let me just jump off here. And it's all yours. Oh man, no pressure, huh? So, like, <laughs> uh, you can find me at meganbrame.com. It's B R A M E. And that holds the hub of all of my things my podcast, Stop Sucking Your Business, um, my courses, including Stop Sucking Your Marketing. You can see the theme here and the way I talk. Uh, you can also pick up my book there, or you can go to dayonethebook.com. Uh, one is spelled out. And otherwise, yeah, just hit me up on my website. I am nerdily always freely available to talk shop and as you can tell i will talk your ear off about marketing if you let me so come on over i'd love to talk to you awesome thank you so much megan for being a guest and sharing your story and uh, some helpful tips for our audience uh starting their finding their ride or die 1000 that's right or 10,000. um ladies and gentlemen i am of course feel better the notes are in the uh, the, sh- the links are in the show notes of course megan has been a wonderful guest please go out and reach out if you're interested in some help for your marketing um you heard it here how great she is and how passionate she is so <laughs> it's it's only fair you give them a ch- her a chance uh, again thank you so much listen to the outro and remember to invest in yourself